<laughs> nice. That's that will be edited to be in the beginning, the very beginning of this podcast. Thank you, thank you for that, dude. That's awesome. Can you just intro everything I do? Just you could just be around me with a, with your guitar and your Dwayne the Rock Johnson looks. I'm yeah, sorry. man, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we need here at Death Comes Lifting headquarters. I appreciate that, man. I know you're excited. You're the, I might just let you take over this episode. You could just talk about Dio the whole time if you want. I'll just hang back. You know, you nah, it's all good, man. I'm pretty sure Joe's got something good to say. Joe has <laughs> a lot of good to say. What's up, Joe? Uh, not much. I do like the idea of uh, Gorek, the troubadour, following you around. So uh, <laughs> We're going to make that happen. We'll make that happen. Yeah just regaling your 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 conquests and everything to to the world it's like knights of yore i i appreciate all your support joe smith how you feeling after the workout yesterday the yoga workout yesterday hey you know what the yoga workout hell i'm i'm rocked from the other workout that i did so uh, the yoga yoga kind of helped out i I did an intense round of uh, what normally is not a very intense sport disc golf but i made it made it more difficult so. I would expect no less from you, and I'm very yeah. I'm proud of you, bro. Keep it up. But I yeah, up. Like, don't downplay that shit. That's a lot of shoulder and core work, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up doing something like, well, what did it? What was it like? 220 push-ups and like 200 some burpees because I kept fucking up. <laughs> oh man, good for you, dude. And I know the program I got you on is pretty killer too. So you must be like, you're either total little recovery machine or you're a wreck right now what's kind of where's it at yeah kind of a wreck kind of a wreck in the pecs and the shoulders uh, right now but we're getting get some stretches for sure hell yeah hell yeah (laughs) that's that's today that's just totally just sit on my ass in a dark room watching movies all day i think you know that's what sabbath sunday's for we stretch we recover we eat we listen to sabbath and we watch horror movies in a dark room Yep, that's where it's at. Buff Shady, how you been, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Busy, but doing good as usual. Good. We're, you're killing it. We see you on IG and everything. Yeah, trying to. Now that the gyms are open to 50% capacity, now it's a little bit easier. Oh, good. Good. Well, thanks for being here. And you, I don't know how, how you feel about Ronnie James Dio and Heaven and Hell. But <laughs> to be honest, I like it better if i'm doing something like gym or you know something like that it's it's a lot easier to listen to and not get sucked into and be like why the fuck am i listening to this what is this (laughs) all right feel that not yeah not to like you know rag on the rag on all you want man (laughs) dude four years gonna get fired up today you're you're feeling the fire i love it yeah soon i'll be ripping off my shirt and yeah it's more my speed however I can, you know, I, I get both takes, but it's more my speed. You're just being speed, and that's okay. Yeah, and his voice is great, so come on. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying. There's no yeah. denying the greatness, and we'll, we'll get to this. Adam, hold on. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. <laughs> Joe, I know you, you're pleasantly surprised with Heaven and Hell. Am I right? Absolutely. I've actually listened to it um, three times now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole album. Great. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not great. The whole album front to back it uh my my guess my quick and dirty thoughts on it are is when neon nights starts the song the whole the whole album i was like okay this feels good i like the sound of this and then he started talking about the uh what was it 
the protectors of the realm yeah. coming in. And that was like cheesy as fuck. And yeah. I was like, I love this. This is great. <laughs> That's you just kind of go through the songs, and it, every song has just this really wild, witchy, evil woman, queen of the night, like crazy bullshit that goes along with it. And I just thought, man, all of the lyrics to these songs would look awesome on the side of a custom van. Exactly. That's that's and, the whole Dio vibe. And I love it. It's it's I don't know. That's something about that. It's just because it's they're taking their music very seriously. The music sounds really great, but when you get into those lyrics, it doesn't seem like it is incredibly serious. But they fucking mean it. You're you're right. You're right. Yeah. And that's what that's what I get into with Dio, is um, the music's great, the production's great, the whole record is on fire. That's probably it's a little bit easier to digest. A little bit more mainstream in a way that like a lot of people like it like buff shady i'm sure that's why you dig it it's more accessible than like kind of out there stoner era aussie music yeah yeah, for sure and there's no deny that dio is an immaculate singer i mean he's one of the best front men at all of music let alone heavy metal like he's in the top five for sure and the yeah to compare the his voice to aussie's is like no no contest aussie's just unique but um yeah yeah, you can only understand Ozzy when he sings. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't even talk, but he can sing. So there, there you go. <laughs> but are there, are there any, like, Dio-era, like, mega hits? Like, like songs from Master of Reality. Like, mm-hmm. those are recognizable to someone who, like, yeah. has a radio, you know, because those sure. kind of songs play on the radio. But I don't, I can't, or I don't know if there's any songs that were fronted by Dio that were, like, big like some of those songs like war pigs or anything like that no i don't think it ever made it to like that success i'd say the the biggest one is heaven and hell the title track from this record yeah they'd always play that kind of last at the at the heaven and hell later they became known as heaven and hell instead of black sabbath and they would tour they would tour under heaven and hell and they would always play that last that's all that's always been the hit but uh they have a ton of good songs they never it just never saw the height that it did with the Aussie era. Um, Interesting. But I always liked how uh, we probably have talked about this album on the podcast. There's a live evil album that um, has Dio singing and it's a lot of master of reality and first album, black Sabbath songs. And it's kind of the only time you hear Dio really singing the Aussie songs and he fucking does a great job. Like it's, it's one of my favorites from, from the whole thing. That's probably my favorite album with Dio is that live album because he totally changes the vibe and what you hear a lot of especially what tony iomi always said about ronnie is that he sang over the riff when ozzy sang to the riff like he added a whole new melodic element to the band and that's really what comes forth here on heaven and hell is totally different than especially if we're we're coming off of i know we took a break and did the volume four thing which was a lot of fun but uh coming off of uh never say die you listen to that then you listen to this i mean there's no contest that this just blows it out of the water and just reinvigorates the whole the whole band's coming coming together as a a massive force and ronnie just really adds that so do for your i'm not talking shit on dio man dio rocks and (laughs) he uh this album rocks it's just my only thing i just i mean i'm weirder so i like i like the aussie era more i just do 
And, uh, you know, it's apples to oranges as the cliche goes. But my, my thing with Dio, and as Joe alluded to at the beginning of this, like his, all of his lyrics could be painted on the side of like a stoner fantasy hippie metal van or whatever. Like yeah. that's, that, that's really, it's cool for like this album, but then you realize that's like all it is, you know, especially on like the next album, the mob rules and then dehumanizer is pretty cool. It's a little bit different, but and even looking back to all of his stuff in rainbow, I mean, that's just like, everything's about rainbows and dragons and dungeons and demons and stuff. If that's your thing, like much love, that's great. I'm, I'm not talking shit, but it's just not, I, I need a little bit, I need a little bit more to like rank Dio over Ozzy for that reason, or the Dio era over Ozzy for that reason. Musically though, I mean, this is the, this is the first album that Tony Iommi since master of reality, the first album that Tony Iommi didn't produce in uh in his book, he claims that that's what really helped the record because he didn't have to be like such a control freak. He kind of let let the producer's name's Martin Birch take over. He did a lot of Rainbow's music that um, Dio previously sang for. So that adds a whole new element. And it's the last album for a while, I think until um, Born Again, which we'll get to, which is really crazy down the road after Dio, that the, it's the whole band is uh, with Ward, Geezer Butler, and Tony Iommi. Uh, the next album and any other album that Dio sang on was a different band. They didn't have Bill Ward and uh, Geezer Butler was in and out. So this is a really special record for that reason as it's the original Sabbath band just with a new singer to totally, they totally reinvigorated the, uh, the sound. Uh, how that story goes though, just to give you some backstory, that's always my favorite with, the, with this podcast and and going into like behind the scenes of recording the music, which always makes it more interesting to me is there's always a debate whether Ozzy, Ozzy quit or Ozzy was fired. Uh, I think it was a kind of a mutual decision because he was not happy with the way Sabbath was going. And he was, you know, all on Quaaludes and Coke and the whole, the whole bit as you would be if you were Ozzy in 1978, I guess. Um, so Tony Iommi says it was kind of a mutual thing, but he basically kind of kicked Ozzy out and there was some beef there. But Tony Iommi was introduced to Dio through Sharon to be Osborne, not Sharon Osborne at the time, but his, you know, Sharon. And that was also kind of a rift because Tony Iommi and uh, Sharon kind of had a little little thing going on before Ozzy got into the picture. Obviously, you know, Sharon and Ozzy lived happily ever after, but that's a little little bit of a detail that they kind of gets overlooked. They kind of they kind of shove that aside in Sabbath history because you know who knows. I think uh, I think Iomi got to her first, and then uh, Ozzy's a little little bummed about that. But hey, whatever. It worked out for him. God God bless him. Uh, so that's that's interesting that Dio was even came in the picture because of Sharon Osbourne. Uh, Dio they originally got together, and he sang over children of the sea for the for that was the first song he did on this album they wrote it they started writing it with ozzy and they had like an ozzy um you know demo track of him just kind of mumbling some lyrics it wasn't anything special i'd love to hear that i don't know if it exists but if, if tony iomi if you're listening to this podcast please let us hear the demo of, it might be up like somewhere on youtube or something you never it know it might be yeah i, I do your, that's your job, do for you, find it for us. <laughs> uh, I've looked, I don't know, man. It's, um, it's interesting though. It'd be interesting to see where these songs come from. Uh, yeah. 
the Lady Evil and Children of the Sea were the two songs that they had written with Ozzy. And Dio came in and just totally revamped it and destroyed it. And they were like, this motherfucker's going to be our singer. And who could blame them for that? During the recording process, Geezer Butler had to go like kind of back and forth. He was out for a long time because all that is cited is he had marital issues. And whatever that means, that means. So Geezer Butler was at home taking care of business and they got Jeff Nichols, who would be like become Sabbath's fifth member. You know, he would, he's on keyboards and Sabbath Buddy Sabbath. And he kind of stayed with them in the background and the production process for a long time. So he was writing the record on bass with uh, Ronnie actually was playing bass on this too during the writing process a little bit. So Jeff Nichols kind of really became the fifth member on this, which added a whole new dynamic. And according to Tony Iommi, something that really helped the band record and come together during this was they were down in Miami where they recorded um, Never Say Die and Technical Ecstasy, or just Technical Ecstasy, not Never Say Die, um, because it was cheaper than for tax reasons than doing it in England or London or whatever. And uh, the producer's boy lived kind of next door to this, um, to the recording studio. And if anybody knows anything about Miami in the late seventies, early eighties, that's where the best cocaine was. So he would always go to next door and just get the best cocaine in the world. And they would hang out and come up with riffs and stuff. And he says, he, he cited, it's not me, it's Tony Iommi in his book cited cocaine as like the um, Miami's cocaine is like the mysterious uh, element that helped this record come together. So, hey, kids, don't do drugs now. Do them in the 80s. They were a lot better than deathcomeslifting.com. Uh, so there, there's great stories of uh, them recording. They were just uh, they had a fun time recording this. And I think that's another thing. Drugs aside, whatever that you can hear on this album, it's full of energy. It's invigorating, and you can tell they had a good time writing it. They had a good time recording it. And thankfully, they got Geezer back for the recording process. He was out for a lot of the writing process, which also probably makes it sound different because Geezer was a huge co contributor to lyrics and music throughout the whole Sabbath career. This is one of the first ones that he wasn't. So it just has a whole different thing, but him coming back in and recording on it just added so much. He's the best bass player ever. Um, they would always play jokes on the producer, Martin Birch, who was really scared of black magic. And Tony Iommi would carry around a voodoo doll and like fuck with them all the time. And like they'd say, like him and Geezer Butler would say shit to each other. Like, hey, you going to the meeting later? Like when he was like walking by and they'd be like, yeah, see you later, see you at midnight and stuff. And like the dude thought that they were like for real. And um, they, he just said in his book, they never told him the truth until he wrote it in his book. So they were fucking with him the whole time and he was, he was freaked out. So that whole, uh, just, thought that, just thought that was a funny story to add, but you know, they, um, they had fun. The songs are fun. The songs are loud. The music's great. Dio's great. Adam, Dio's great. I'll give you that. I was, I was, uh, I haven't listened to this one in a while and, uh, took, drank some, drank some coffee this morning, went for a little jog to it. When Dion Knights kicked in, I was like, fuck yeah. All right. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I played it at left uh, today. Nice. So, oh yeah, I just forget. You're, it's like midnight over there for you. So you've you've lived a whole. No, Sunday. it's um, it's still Sunday here. It's um, quarter to twelve. Heavy metal. How was how was your day at work? Were you like chopping up chopping up shit to neon nights? 
Yeah, yeah. It was a bit slow today. It's been raining, like, for the last couple of days down here. What's springtime yeah. like in Australia? Not to derail, not to derail the Sabbath documentary that we're we're currently recording, but what, what's what's up with Australia? <laughs> well, summer's over. <laughs> summer's over. Yeah, it's getting so, colder now. So, see, I'm an idiot, and I have no idea like how you got how you guys function. This is why. This is why I ask you <laughs> questions. So, summer's coming up for us. And summer's leaving you. Yeah. Right. You guys in daylight savings now too, aren't you? And we're yeah, I don't know. I don't even yeah. yeah right. the, the phones do that automatically. I just wake up. <laughs> All I know is it's getting past like 50 degrees finally, and I'm so excited. Yeah, it's no. great. No, it's great over here in our neck of the woods, man. It's 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 getting warmer. So you're going into winter. Is this real? Is this how this yeah. I yeah. never knew this before today? Okay. Am I, am I dubbed? Did you guys know this? Did you guys know this is how Australia works? Yeah, they're below the equator. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I, lift, I lift weights for a living and never took my SATs, guys. No, but I also forget that a lot, that even, like, it still boggles my mind how you're in a different time zone than me. <laughs> so. Yeah. I guess. That's why um, when, when you guys were on um, Daylight Saving, I was checking, checking my phone for the time zones just to make sure. Just Because, yeah. like, what happened last time I slept, slept from my alarm? And um, it's like 11.30. I'm like, oh, that's not too late. Because normally, normally when it's like normal time for you guys over there, it's half past 12 here. So um, yeah. it's but not bad. 11.30 is not that late for me. Okay, cool. We kissed you last week anyway, man, but it's okay. Yeah, We're same. We're not going to hold it against you. We'll do something like that again. That was fun. Schuler loved coming on. And uh, he, he's... Okay. I messaged him too. And I'm like, dude, I was supposed to be on there. And I was going to show you this book. And I sent him pictures. And he's like, holy shit. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're, we're going to do it again. He's going to come back. He's the man. But uh, yeah, that was fun. So thanks for, uh, thanks for schooling me on like some below the equator seasonal knowledge of meteorology or whatever. Uh, nah, feel good. Th- thanks, guys. I feel good about that. Let's continue. We'll continue with Sabbath now. This now that I can sound smart, real quick. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, nah, there's not much more to say. You guys all know the all know the drill. Um, I think. All right, down the line, Mandy. If you don't know, if you didn't listen to this record in detail, feel no pressure. I want to know what your favorite song on the uh, on the record is. What do you think, Adam? Um, to be honest, I don't even like, <laughs> it's Good. funny because no, like no, that. no, it's funny because my grandmother, like, this is what I grew up with was the Dio version of Black Sabbath. So like, she would always have that like on, but I don't know one name to a song. Okay, cool. <laughs> Wait. But I have to say that the whole album is more my speed. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I like that. I like that about you. All right, Gorak, what's the, what's the best tune, dude? Best tune? Um, tune on the record. What's your, your pick? best tune on the record it's it's either neon night it's only because i just like that that intro with the guitar obviously because i'm always about the riffs it's either that or um or the, the song itself heaven and hell i like that too joe what do you think neon nights neon nights all day it's hard yeah. it's hard to debate with neon nights it really is yeah like i said when it when they dropped the line about like protectors of the realm right out i was like yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Protectors of the realm. <laughs> exactly what we are. What realm? Doesn't matter. Doesn't We're protecting matter. it. It's... And what are we riding? I don't know. It could be a space horse. I, you know, it could be whatever. Like, 
a, a cosmic dragon. That's that's Dio's energy. Yeah, cosmic dragon. It could just be riding on the you know back of an eagle or something. Who knows? What, whatever you want to picture it is is what it is and that is the beauty of this and it is like the essential like heavy metal kind of fantasy lyricism this is the, it's on this record so th this definitely is the one especially going into children of the sea it's all atmospheric it's on a misty morning you know it's like yeah there's i feel like a fucking i was walking this morning i was like yeah man, i feel like i'm like a knight in england <laughs> like, for some reason i could just say like dio just walking through the woods just singing that song yeah the spirit of dio like some like medieval garb he's like five foot two but it doesn't matter you know because he's, he's just full of radiant light and power he's, he's <laughs> man. i i, I unfortunately did you ever, you saw him right adam did you see him live You've What's seen, that? Have you seen Dio live? No, I wish I did. Eh? Yeah, me too, man. That's because um, they played just up the road from my place, like in 2017, I think, or 2007. I can't remember. And um, yeah, we missed out. And Down was opening up for them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I missed one show back here. I think it was like in the early 2000s. But Oh, Dio, Dio died, I think, in like what? We should probably look this up. I'm gonna look up when Dio died to make to make proper proper respects to the Dio man. But I think it was. What like, did you think of the hologram tours? I mean, I think it's cool. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have anything against it. That's kind of how. Uh, I mean, I'd rather see one of those than nothing at all, right? You know, as long, yeah, as, sure. as, long as it doesn't replace, you know, live bands and live music i think it's cool i think it's a cool way to to see to see a dead rock star and like if um and his backup band yeah and it's cool i think it's cool and I, I think i know his wife if you look into um all his wife her name's wendy dio um or i don't know if dio's a real last name he goes by wendy dio which is fucking awesome uh she she does so much to like just like keep his legacy alive and she runs that shit and he has, she has a charity set up for like for him and donated to cancer and all that stuff. So she does like a really great, beautiful job. And that, that, yeah, the um, ride for Ronnie or something like that. Yeah. And she does all that stuff. And I'm sure she's in charge and behind the scenes of all that hologram stuff. So if she approves of it, then like, who am I? Yeah. I think that's rad. But um, he died in 2010. 2010 so, piece to ronnie james yeah 11 years so it would have been 2007 then yeah probably because yeah i remember i missed the show up here it was in 2008 and it had motorhead opening for it i for the life of me can't remember there's a really good reason why i didn't go trust me <laughs> he would be amazing to see live i mean that oh, hell yeah look up videos of him i mean that that little dude could just fucking belt it out and he had so much power even up until in his old age when he was sick i mean he died of stomach cancer and he was performing with stomach cancer for years so he was he never lost a beat which was so i have all the respect for ronnie james dio that being said i still prefer the aussie era but that's okay <laughs> i'm not gonna bring that up again but he did invent this technically right that's the thing this yeah is, the devil horns was uh you know he is also italian like myself so that that means a lot to me these his sicilian spooky grandma would like make wasn't there like a meaning behind that yeah it was basically from what i understand it was so his grandma would do it 
the devil horns and like kind of shake them at people. And it was kind of like putting a curse on people. It was like an old Sicilian, like middle finger almost. So I'm going to start doing that to the customers at work. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why Ronnie would like, you know, he'd run around and like shake the devil yeah. horns at the audience. And it, it became the, the symbol. I'm going to try that tomorrow. I'm at work all day tomorrow. So I'm going to try that. You do it on my boss. You should, yeah, just give them a little. <laughs> we have to see what the real name of that is. The little Sicilian. I think it's a Maloink or something. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. I've, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah You're a good co host today of the, the Ronnie James knowledge, Adam. You should, you should do this more, man. You're, you're, yeah. Yeah, you should, you should have your own podcast. We'll uh, a lot of people have been saying that <laughs> since I've started Pink Sock. It just kind of blew up. <laughs> is that is that you on that Pink Shop podcast? I'm on there every now and then. He's going to have um, AC Slade okay. in two weeks. And he wants me to come on there as a co-host because, like, um, like, I sort of know a bit more about AC. And he's been following me on Instagram for the past four and a half years. Yeah, man. AC's awesome. He's a huge supporter of us. I talked to him quite a bit. So if you, uh... Nah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, if you need anything from me on the Pink Sock podcast, bro, let me know. Yeah, well, um, I sent him your email to him. Oh, cool. like he's like, he's like, oh, do you know anybody that might want to come in because he wants to try and get more guests on? And I'm like, well, I know this one guy. I always bring him up on your show. This guy named Zach. <laughs> oh, cool, man. Well, thank you. And I thought it might be different as well because Pink Sock is just like unscripted. It's just like a bit of comedy and just a bit, you know. Talk about anything awesome i'll talk about black sabbath all day you know that <laughs> yeah they, they love sabbath too man sabbath and death metal <laughs> we'll do that we'll do that we'll, we'll debate dio versus ozzy all day long but uh oh, don't start I, with that with him dude i, I give all respect <laughs> about that during his live stream the other day oh yeah it's not sabbath it's heaven and hell i'm like oh fuck's sake <laughs> well <laughs> Well, it kind of is. And I, I will say that, like, I consider this a Sabbath record because of the band being yeah. backing on it. After that, though, when Vinny Appis comes in on drums and it's not Bill Ward on drums, I consider that heaven and hell because yeah. it, gives, it gives a whole different vibe. Which will, I'm interested to see where you guys fall on the uh, Mob Rules, which is the next record, which I liked quite a bit, but I think there's absolutely no comparison to this one. That was the first um, Dio. The first time I heard Dio was the Mob Rules. Yeah, there's good. And it was in my dad's car. <laughs> Your dad's car. See, yeah. I like I feel like more people were introduced. Like Mandy, like you were saying, you grew up. Uh, your grandma was probably awesome for this. So that that that's rad. But <laughs> people are exposed to have it through Dio. So like I understand why it means more to certain people for sure. Um, Dehumanizer, on the other hand. Have you heard that? You've, you know Dehumanizer, right? That's the last album they did together with, with Dio. It was, wasn't until like the early 90s, like they took a break for whatever reasons. And then they came back with Dio and they, uh, it came out when like, and obviously we'll talk about this when we cover Dehumanizer, but it came out when like grunge was a big thing in like the uh, early to mid 90s. So it like didn't do well because at the time it's like nobody wants to listen to like an old metal band that was all like, you know, Allison Chains and Zombie and shit. But uh, I think that's definitely worth listening to a lot. There's a lot of a lot of heavy, cool moments and different stuff for Dio. 
they actually on that record, Tony Iommi says like, could you please not write lyrics about rainbows and dragons? So that's why, that's why it's like uh, computers and uh, robots and demons and shit. So it's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, all, all respects to Dio on this episode. I'm not, I'm not hating. Uh, I had a great time running to it this morning. I decided I wanted to go for a walk. And when I, when it came on, it became a run. So, you know, thanks Dio for pushing me to, to the limits this morning. And I'm glad all you guys liked it. That's cool. That's why we do this. I'm, I feel like, I feel like the vibe is good. We're back from the depths of, um, you know, technical ecstasy and never say die, which got really weird. And now we're, we're revamped to eighties metal, eighties metal power. And this is a good place to stay where we'll be for a while. Eighties uh, black Sabbath gets crazy. The um, you guys familiar with the Tony Martin era. I know you've probably heard us talk about it. If you listen to the lips and riffs podcast, but um, those records, they're going to be harder for us to listen to because they're not on Spotify and Apple music there. We got to, you got to go on YouTube or uh, have some cassette tapes. Like I do. I went on discogs and, <laughs> and crank them. <laughs> uh, that, that's going to be fun. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know. I don't have much more to add. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here guys. Anything else? What do we got? What do we got fam? Before uh, you- after listening to this album, it really got me thinking, well, one, this is kind of off topic, but it's That's great. Probably already, probably already taken. But when you said Alice and Chains, I thought that that would be a really awesome roller derby name. I'm sure somebody has taken it already, but probably. Alice and Chains, like it has to be, but um, Damn. what? That's huge. <laughs> yeah. What would be, if you could have a custom van, what would you want on the side of your custom van? Like what images, you know, those big 70s things where you've got the wizards and all dragons and whatnot, but what would you put on your custom van? That's a huge question, man. I would, it would definitely be a combination of something from like Evil Dead and also Black Sabbath, like Tony Iommi riding like a dragon that's wings or the Necronomicon playing a guitar (laughs) with like blood and souls squirting out of the top of it something like that and then probably the death comes lifting coffin just somewhere thrown in there that's probably off the top of my head that's probably what i would just a casual you know casual mural of that what about you me oh um it would totally be some like frank frizzetti like barbarian style shit like with a bunch of cats on it probably are you into conan the barbarian yeah um I don't really have any experience with the books. I mean, other than the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that, that kind of came out, you know, I, I grew up on all those like yeah, cinematic sure. weekends and pre HBO weekends that they used to do for cable. And uh, I mean, I often they would just run Beastmaster over and over and over again. And I mean, yep. I love that movie. So, <laughs> but when it comes to, you know, Conan, um, yeah, all that sword and sandal shit was, I, I don't know hits a soft spot uh for me so but i'm no real the artwork is just amazing yeah that's what made me think of it when you said franzetta because i was listening to i was listening to a podcast yesterday with um jamie josta he's a singer of hate breed he has a big podcast with metal people on it and corpse grinder from cannibal corpse was on it and they were talking about uh conan the barbarian like the books and stuff and like all that's like super badass and it made me really want to get into it. I've, I've never explored Conan more than uh, the Schwarzenegger films, which I love. So right. I'll, we'll talk about that later. Maybe this will be a thing. 
yeah we'll have to see if i can check them out for my library i yeah. think i gotta stop buying books so i'm just gonna lean on the public library system for a while cool, man. well me too I'm, I'm right there with you i buy way too many books what'd you say no i said i just bought like five books on a whim this past weekend oh nice good yeah, Any, anything crazy that we should know about uh no i actually ordered um a clockwork because i've never actually read that i only saw the movie um it's yeah. tough yeah I, so I, I got that and then i did buy it but i have no intention of reading it soon because it's so long and it really it, it's it's i'm not ready for it <laughs> you can handle it i know i can it's just oh, that it's yeah, I have a really like love hate relationship with Stephen King, and like okay. I, I mean more leaning towards hate because it's so boring sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm still reading that book too. Oh, like Mark read The Stand, and I barely could get through that. And then, um, even though it was really interesting, and then now I have it, and I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> um, I, as a, I recommend like for me, I, I'm kind of the same way on on Stephen King. Uh, I like, I mean, I read like a lot of his work. But mm -hmm. I always find that he's got a lot of short stories and uh, his book on writing is, I mean, life changing. If you've never read it, even if you have uh, no real interest in the process of writing, like it's an incredible book, like really, really touching. But I, I found that the stuff that he writes that's more rooted in reality that gets away from the, the darkness and the macabre and everything. Yeah. like that stuff's really really good um and i love that stuff i'll have to look it up here once i done get done babbling a little bit but there's a short story that he wrote that just like meh well, something like all that you love will be carried away or something along those lines um that just kind of rocked me when i read it um but in like different seasons uh the you know short stories the has shawshank redemption and the body like those are more about the human condition uh, and those ones feel like he he's really trying there when he kind of gets away from the spooky stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard that. Like when he gets like into the more like real, not realistic, but you know, real life situations, um, that's more readable for- Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, so it's just sitting on my shelf and uh, it's gonna stay there for a little bit. <laughs> It's okay. You'll get it when you're ready. The yeah. stories are a solid recommendation for Stephen King, though. In the, not only because they're like better, but yeah. shorter too. So you can mm -hmm. it's easily accessible. I really also liked um, eleven twenty two sixty three. His thing about uh, JFK, and that that was I thought that was great. Super different. Yeah, I didn't read it. I probably should because I love history and stuff. So I'll probably like that. You would love it. It's a quick read. It's a huge book, but you you can look it pretty quick. Yeah, it's good. Going on the list. Fire it up. I was just looking up. Um, I never read on writing actually, and that's been on my it's been on my Amazon wish list for quite a while. So I think I'm gonna have to get it based on that, Joe. Yeah, I I mean I I read it just because I've always been interested in in writing and um, you know try to find motivation wherever you can. And I didn't realize how. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it talks about his whole life and like what got him to do all of the writing and what, you know, made him want to change and like his really dark period where he was an incredibly like down alcoholic and drug user and sure doesn't really even remember writing some of these books that are 
considered classics because he was so in depth with his addictions and it really explores a lot of that stuff and uh also goes into the whole like well and this is what how i do it and that always helps if you're especially trying to you know you take wisdom where you can find it of course use those thoughts and kind of cobble together your own like your own toolbox and your own views so of course highly recommend that book I love you for that. Thank you, man. That's that. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Steer, like steering away from uh, Stephen King, I do have a book though that really, like, I really, really enjoyed. I'm gonna give you guys a recommendation. Um, Get it. So, being that I'm in Jersey, we um, have the Jersey Devil, and <laughs> so my friend on Instagram, she actually sent me this uh, book recommendation because it was her uncle's book, and he wrote about his family's connection to the to the monster. And um, it's like 15 bucks on Amazon. It's called The Domestic Life of the Jersey Devil. Mm. And it's called Beat Bop's Mis- Miscellany. I can't say that word, but miscellaneous, but you know what I mean? And uh, it's just like a white book. It's very plain looking. It's by Bill Sprouse. And it was really good. It goes into the, um, the history of New Jersey and the history of Southern New Jersey and the Quakers and all that. It's really, really interesting. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. There's stuff about uh, Thomas Edison and there's stuff about all that. And it's really fucking cool. That's rad. I'm going to write that down yeah. too. Yeah, it's really neat. It's different. and But me living here and me living in like the Pine Barren area, it's just, it's so cool to me. Like if, like, if you have no idea what the Pine Barrens are, it's like, it, it's amazing. It's so cool. <laughs> you, you live close to where... The I don't know much about the New Jersey Devil other than it's the New Jersey Devil. So yeah. it, there's like, do you live close to where that was supposedly went down? Um, not super close, but I'm like okay. you know, 45 minutes away from it. Yes. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. And we go hiking in those areas all the time. And there's some weird shit over there. So <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like, I feel like time is so different over there for some reason. And there's so many stories and like, you know, alien stuff and you know weird dimensional stories from there and it's very interesting (laughs) new jersey's kind of a crazy place it is and the pine barrens especially like it's just it holds a special place in my heart because i love all that stuff and even though it might be folklore you know but there's just that that book really gave a lot of good history and it's really cool folklore is important man i'm gonna make it a make it a thing to make a trip up there sometime no definitely definitely i can give you all the creepy places yeah definitely oh yeah it'll be a thing it'll be a thing for sure well anybody else got any book movie or music recommendations for the listeners before we get out of here this is what we leave them with leave them with some knowledge listen to heaven what did you think of um death angels cover of heaven and hell it was fucking awesome death angel is awesome that song is awesome if it's 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 hard to mess that song up unless you really don't know what you're doing. But that was that was voice cool. really matched with that too as yeah. well. Yeah, everybody listening really on point. like Dio, Death Angel has an awesome cover of Heaven and Hell. Right. Must listen, Mandy. Yeah. All right, I'll put it on the list. I'm doing it right now on my phone next. And Anthrax doing Neon Nights as well is pretty good too. Oh, I know that one. I love Anthrax. So good. <laughs> yeah, that one's good. Hell yeah. That one I know. On, on that note, my friends, let's give them hell. Fist bumps. Boom. Mike, drop it. Thanks for another successful Sabbath Sunday podcast. I love you all. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later. See ya. Love you guys. Everybody.